Yo, yo, welcome back to the Cap Podcast. This is episode 303. That is Taylor McLeod over there. I am Nate Sperlin. It's your weekly tour through hip hop. Thank you for watching on YouTube and listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and more. Do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Old Milk Media and check out the Old Milk Spins playlist on Spotify. Hip hop just randomly decided that we'll be back today because this thing we didn't ex- i don't think there was any inkling in the world that this was coming out at all until it dropped well no like on until wednesday or so but um yeah but before we get into that taylor mcleod how are you doing today good uh starting my last week as an east coast resident so i was in california last week florida now back to california next week so i enjoy this last week on the east coast Damn, I might have to ask you about uh, who, like, West Coast or East Coast next time. You might be a completely different guy. San Francisco Giants had on. I don't San know about that. Niners nah. and Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle Shanahan, we trust, like, huddied up over there nah. and stuff. I'll be know. in Santa Clara with the Mac Jones jersey on proudly. I'll wear it backwards <laughs> to see Jones on the front. <laughs> end, up with the, end up with the um Steph Curry slump adjusting and stuff like that you, you might I, I don't know i'm just saying nah. west coast changes people is all i'm trying to say nah if anything you might with the baseball hats a little bit different so maybe you'll see a giants hat but it's still red Sox. it's still celtics still patriots and no offense to the bruins but i don't care about hockey <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't think they um have it at, at this point i'm pretty sure they're numb to that uh uh statement because i don't think many people do anymore um Shout out to everyone who is tired of the Will Smith slap discourse and has been tired of it since Monday. Oh my God, what? Wow, violence in the United States? Wow, that's something, it's not like we see that in music, video games, movies, real life, sports. It's not like, it's not like we see that in all facets of um, life, but here we are being mad because Will Smith decided to slap Chris Rock. Hey, in a different, an alternate universe, I might have a tinfoil hat on in like Oscars ratings really been hurting for the past couple of years. What two people could we get to fabricate something in front of the world, something crazy. But in this world, Maybe a couple of years ago, I would have cared more. Maybe a couple of years ago when that would have been like, oh, my God. But after the whole after the last five years, I saw that I was in an airport just like looking at my phone, had like a two hour just to sit there and was looking at it. And I was like, I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the, the thing about someone tweeted and they were like, if it wasn't for that slap, I wouldn't have known the Oscars existed. What was going on at that time? Yeah. You're yeah. right. I, I forgot what I was doing on Sunday, but I was having a very nice time with no inkling or understanding at all that the Oscars was on in the first place. Yeah, I feel the same. Like, I wouldn't have known if I hadn't, I had written a p- couple pieces about it for work. And the pieces I wrote were like celebrities being like, you know, no one cares anymore. Like with like, they've, they've been putting up like their lowest ratings i think for the past four years in a row maybe with one little jump in there but like i was just like yo i don't care and you because of growing up with this like social media era you knew i knew everyone knew exactly how this week was gonna go 
where it goes from, oh my God, Will Smith just slapped Chris Rock on live TV to people being shocked. And then there's the, the rumblings of, well, that shouldn't have happened. And then it turns into full think pieces by like all the major outlets being like, you know, Will Smith should really, Will Smith should never show his face ever again. He should, he should be put away forever. And I'm like, come on. We don't have, we don't have like, uh, I, don't, I don't even have the words to just describe how little this actually matters. Yeah. Did you, it's just like the latest thing to. Did focus. you see Amy Schumer is so traumatized? No, no, no. no. <laughs> She no. is so traumatized by that, but at the same time, I I argue that I'm tra- more traumatized by her career. So, traumatized for real? Yeah, that's like what she said. People, that's, that's what she said. She's traumatized by I someone being slapped. I just don't understand, but me, it is what it is. it is. It is what it is. Um, I mean, yeah, that probably still the only the only celebrity who probably deserves some respect out of this is Daniel Radcliffe. Because they were they had tried to ask him about him, try to get him to like say something about it too. He was like, "I've been bored about this since whenever it happened, and I'm not gonna add to this at all." I'm like, "Okay, yeah. shout out Harry Potter, <laughs> round of applause for Harry Potter." Once again, he shows how magical his presence is by not contributing to bullshit. Shout out to him. Um, we do have a project to talk about. Um, we have Dreamville's D Day Against the Grills mixtape uh 15 tracks 47 minutes long the dreamville artists on it are j cole jid ari lennox earth gang loot omen boss and cause now the features on it are sheck west kenny mason two chains asap ferg g perico reason and young nudie um i just want to say that this mixtape is appropriately named because if you if you're not familiar um audience d-day is the it's the day that i believe japan attacked pearl harbor is that what it was called or something something along those lines uh d-day was <laughs> see you're gonna get you're gonna get us in trouble if we don't know this we're <laughs> we're supposed to know things like this i'm pretty sure d-day was uh the american invasion of normandy that's pearl harbor day it's pearl right. harbor how, how about we do this all right D-Day was a day where one country attacked another country out of nowhere and nobody had an inkling that the attack was coming. Let's, let's, let's just make it as broad as possible so we still give the right information there. Um, yeah, no, it's the Normandy landing. So okay. I got it. I got it for us. Okay. So that being said, um, appropriately named, because once again, um, at the rec- time of our recording, 302, we had no idea this was coming out. So, yeah, that being said, Taylor, what were your initial thoughts on the D-Day Against the Grills mixtape? What was your first initial thoughts on this? So my first initial, you know, my first reaction, knee-jerk reaction was that you and I talked about it a little bit before the show. I've never been a huge Dreamville fan. I'm also not like a Dreamville hater. It's just not been something, obviously, it's on my radar because it's J. Cole and it's huge but it's just not something I've ever spent a lot of time with like their camps that they've done, the tapes that they've put out. If anything, I've listened to Cole and JID the most, but besides that, I haven't really, I have, I'm not going to lie and be like, yo, I listen to Dreamville all the time. Yo, I love Dreamville so much. I heard a Dreamville before Cole even thought of it. That was exactly. my shit. Like, no, nah, nah, exactly. That's what, yeah. I mean, exactly. So <laughs> listening to this, it, it was, it was cool, especially for it to be a, 
Gangster Grills mixtape, DJ Drama to be, you know, doing the drops on it. And especially it being unexpected, it, it felt like a mixtape. That was my first reaction, is that it really feels like a mixtape. And that's something that you and I have talked about, something I've talked about with a lot of other people, something I've written about. I miss the mixtape era. I miss when you could put a tape out or when artists did or groups did put a tape out for the sake of putting a tape out. Like we just have this music, here it is. So my first reaction was that it was refreshing to get a real mixtape. And it was obviously cool for it to be a, a Gangsta Grills mixtape. Um, I thought it, I think that this project shines more light on the lesser known artists on Dreamville. Um, Kaz, Boss, Luke, Omen, those four are mainly, um, I don't want to say unknown, but they're definitely the lesser build artists on that label. Everybody obviously knows about J. Cole. People have been waiting for, uh, J.I.D.'s next album, for years at this point of earth gang just dropped an album Ari Lennox is really really popular as well but I think that well Ari Lennox did really really like she really did her thing on the two songs that she had on this project but aside from that I think that the standouts for sure are loot omen boss and cause I really enjoyed that um I feel like if call me if you get lost kind of reinvigorated the hype around uh gangster grills mixtape because i hadn't heard about someone wanting to do a gangster grills mixtape in a while and ever since tyler did it last year i've heard i'm forgetting names but i've heard some artists come out and say i want to work with dj drama and i want to make a, a gangster grills mixtape too um obviously dreamville has just done it um so i appreciate that as well i stick is one of the most interesting Dreamville tracks of all time. Um, when you think about Dreamville, you think about calm, chill beats over and someone rapping or singing over those. But Stick isn't that at all. Um, the only artist I could really see being on a song like that and actually putting that on their album is J.I.D. because he typically tries to like he he's had um a song on his last project he had Westbrook um featuring ASAP Ferg and that was more of a um that was more of a song that was the antithesis of what people think about when they think about Dreamville. Um he also had um Off D's, which J. Cole was on, but um also kind of goes against the the traditional Dreamville sound, I guess. But I think it might need some more time to grow on me. Um, I, I was not expecting a feature from Sheck West at all this year, if, I, if I'm being honest with you. Um, so I think those are my initial thoughts before we start really, really getting into the, the nitty gritty of it. Um, one more thing I think that, um, and this also goes back to a conversation that we've been having over the past two weeks, Taylor, um, about just like rapidy rap in general. The importance of hooks, like hooks are so important because you can have two good verses but if you do not have a good hook that fits this track, it, it kind of like the hooks are what gives the track the playback value. So you can have great, a great verse all you want, but if it's not something that kind of sticks in my head, that kind of makes me want to go back and be like, I like, I like how you did this. I'm probably not going to listen to the track over and over again, the same way I would um, tracks on the other side of hip hop. So that being said, I think that one track that needed a better hook was like wine um but aside out of that 
I think that hair salon had a very good hook. I think that everybody ain't shit by Earth Gang had a very good hook. I think that Ballin' in Newport had a very good hook too. So I think that when it comes to rapidy rappers and rappers who are just gonna rap at you, I think that what do they do on hooks is is a very big, um, it's a very big, big category, a very, a very big box that needs to be checked if you're gonna be considered one of the top tier rappers. I agree. And I think that I think that the the art of the hook is is really interesting, like you said, because even even the best rappers of all time, you look at you look at the Jay-Z's, Kendrick's, and then going back, Tupac, Biggie, like they're all good, either either good hook writers or they had good hooks in their song to let you sit with that verse that they just did and give you a reason to keep going back and be like, all right, this is listenable, but also I'm here. For the verses obviously there are tracks that have no hook that are incredible that people go back to all the time but that that's a great point about the the hooks and especially for a collective like like dreamville which you said are like it's a lot of prolific rappers in this like this mixtape is there's no shortage of verses of verses that you want to go back and like listen to and you know pick apart bar for bar understand them you know sit with them and so to have that to have that hook to to give you that little break to obviously you're still listening to the hook but you're sitting with the verse you just heard and i think ari lennox's songs in a way serve and this could be a reach but i think they serve no, 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 as, no, no. The hook, circle. Circle. as the hooks for mm-hmm. the for the tape mm-hmm. like there are little reprise from you get five tracks of bars ari lennox on her doing her R&B thing, a couple more songs of bars, another Ari Lennox, and then you're back. And even ending with Heaven's EP, which is over the pipe down beat off of Certified Lover Boy, like that's a more melodic, that's more, it's a, it's a smoother ride out as opposed to if they just hit us really hard with another, with another, you know, five person collective let's all get this verse off and see who did the best, which is great. I love that. That's, that's part of the reason why I fell in love with this kind of music when I was young, when I'm, you know, 2012, ASAP Rocky puts out one train with like eight different rappers. And I'm like, this is like, you know, like as a 14 year old kid at the time, I was like, okay, this is like what this is supposed to be. So to, to get a whole tape of that and then have these little reprises, whether it's on the hooks of the individual songs or Ari Lennox doing her thing, I think it's a very well put together, put together situation because of that. And I can appreciate the whole tape and the individual songs even more because of that. That's a, that's a very good point that you brought up in terms of taking um, the point about hooks and stretching that out into the whole, um, the full composition of an album, because what that, what that makes me think of is interludes too. If you, yeah, some, some rappers, you could tell they just throw interludes in there just to throw interludes, but a perfectly, place interlude for example on Saba's uh few good things there are some interludes on there and it's like okay that's great because you just gave me a whole bunch of stuff you basically just um dumped everything that was on your mind on me and I need some time to really sit down and process this so thank you for this nice little melody you gave me for a minute so I can sit back and process what I just heard on the track before I think that's very important too because so many things could potentially get lost without the function of a nice hook or interlude 
in the in the in the course of an album or a song. So that's a very good point. Um, I also think that if I, if I, if I, going back to Ari Lennox, the construction of the instrumental on the song "Coming Down" is probably the best construction best song construction on the whole tape i think that when it first of all it sounds like it's the 1940s you're in a jazz club you listen to a jazz singer sing as was um i guess a fun thing to do at the time and it, it just it just feels like you're in the room with her and i really yeah. appreciate that also just 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 a little maybe i'm being a little too nerdy with this but the way that all the instruments come in when ari sings my whole world is upside down is beautiful i think cuz i think back to um the song championships by meek mill and towards the end when he starts getting everything off and he starts um he starts saying the most important lines of the song the beat kind of changes and it kind of um it kind of picks up a little and that gets your attention to oh okay like it just naturally brings the listener to pay more attention to that part and just being able to plan where the beat and the lyric where the beat picks up at the most important part lyrically is also a very underrated um element of any type of song at all oh of course and you can hear when the thing I can really appreciate about Dreamville, and obviously we'll learn more about how the how these songs came together, how this project came together as time goes on. But when you have these people who have continuity working with each other, then the producers, everyone, the producer, engineer, everybody is working on the same plane. It's not just, all right, let me send you this. Let me send you that. Let me send you this. This is how it's going to sound. And if you want to turn it around quickly, you have to work within the parameters of this beat or have someone who didn't make the beat, make the instrumental, start messing with it. And you can hear those little things. So having this be like a real collective tape, you can tell, like you said, with the Ari Lennox part, you can tell that there's a understanding of all of these artists and how they need to, how they need to come into songs and it's also not even how they need to come into song it's how they want to come into songs and how it sounds best for for them as an artist but also for the listener and i think that's really important i think i think that's why i end up gravitating to a lot of albums where it's like one producer one rapper mm -hmm. because there's a there's a continuity there and you can you can tell that they're working together to make a full art piece it's not it's not these things you can pull apart easily and be like all right this beat wasn't for that artist or this beat wasn't for that song but it had a hot producer's name with a hot rapper so they knew it was gonna you know get clicks get streams none of the songs on this on this record sound like that and honestly i really do i think the the production throughout this whole tape is really nice it's it's very it's hard to describe exactly it's laid back but also very hard hitting which is some of my favorite style of production like i love the real hard hitting stuff like when you start to hear alchemist on the on the drums and you can feel them in your heart i love that mm. but i also love it when there's a certain there's a certain ease to how it goes it's still hard hitting but there's a certain easiness that you can listen to it with and i think that this project is full of uh full of those types of types of instrumentals and like you mentioned with like uh, like wine earlier, I think that 
my favorite song, I think Ari Lennox has my two favorite songs in this. Mm -hmm. And that's probably me not really having a, a great knowledge of the discographies, of a lot of the rappers on Dreamville outside of Cole and J.I.D. But Like Wine is a great example for me of hearing that type of production and then hearing hearing the correct vocals and the correct timing and everything put on top of that to make a cohesive, cohesive part of the project and not like this feels like a mixtape in the sense that I don't know if the songs were ordered in the most, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't feel to me that, that it was like a precise, like something like Saba's record where it's like, all right, this is on purpose, but everything sounds correct enough where it, it all works. And like one, I think is a great example of that, of understanding the artist and understanding the producer and bringing that together. I also think that two chains had some of the best verses I've heard from him in a while on both the track that he's on, on ghetto gods, freestyle and Barry from Simpson. I think that those two verses were two verses that, um, I, two verses that symbolize the reason why I like two chains rapping in the first place. Um, additionally, Everybody Ain't Shit, the Earth Gang song is probably better than half the Earth Gang album that came out. Um, I also like the DJ drama quotes. Um, I like on starting five when he's like, keep playing with Dreamville's name. Don't get Chris rocked out of your socks. Anything can and will happen. <laughs> then watch me walk back to my seat. Keep my name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> Which, okay, DJ drama. I, that was really good. Um, he also said on Like Wine, and that's, Like Wine is by Luke, by the way. Um, you see, I'm two decades in, they call me Unk, they call me OG, they call me legend. You know how I've aged and I'm only getting better. Like Wine. Like Wine. <laughs> that's great. And also um, on Josie Flows, he's like, this is, just a, this is just a warning. Don't make his drop the atomic bomb. Welcome to D-Day. Obviously referencing World War II. So I, I, I really like, the thing, the thing about DJ Drama I still appreciate is how relevant the things that he says are on the tracks that he's on. Like, I forget which song it is on the Tyler Creator um, album, but when he's like, we're in, I forgot where they were, but he's like, my, my toes are out. Some, so a nice, beautiful woman just fed me some ice cream, like painting that picture of okay, you guys are having a good time, essentially. I, I, I think that adds to the albums that he's on. And I, some people don't like the DJ drama yelling. And I remember when uh, Call Me If You Get Lost came out and people were like, oh, I, this would be better without DJ drama. What are you guys talking about? Like DJ drama is literally painting a picture with just speaking things that are happening right now or at the moment and putting you in that moment too. And I really appreciate that addition to whatever he's on. Yeah, I think when the Tyler album came out last year, people didn't know who DJ Drama was. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the people who should know who DJ Drama is knew who DJ Drama was, but I think a lot of Tyler fans went into that project not knowing who DJ Drama was. So to them, it's like, who is this guy screaming on every song? Like, who is, like, what is this? Is Tyler but, trolling us? No, Tyler's a huge, Tyler's a hip hop head. And no one, like, sometimes I think that even gets lost on his fans, how how deep in this is. Like, you watch interviews, and obviously, this would be quick. You watch interviews with him, and he's talking about second verses on album cuts from 2002 constantly. Mm -hmm. 
so I don't I don't think people knew who DJ Drama was on that. I really enjoyed DJ Drama's performance, performance, like the way he hosts this mixtape in it. It's always interesting to see how he because he's always fully himself, but like you said, like his the things he says are always relevant to the project he's on. He's not just he's not just yelling DJ drama things to yell DJ drama things. It's like on purpose and it takes into account the project he's on. When he was on Stone Mountain Kawhi with Childish Gambino, it wasn't like he was doing the same drops he did on Dream Chasers 2 with Meek. And obviously DJ drama is starting way before all that but for you know some of my age like dream chasers 2 is in the beginning of when i'm really starting to understand this stuff so Mm -hmm. hearing him on a project like that was like all right this is dj drama this is a gangster girls mixtape this is what it feels like and then a couple years later we get stone mountain Kawhi, and i'm like all right there's versatility and then you're almost a decade later now and you're still hearing it and this is after he already had like two decades before i even was around for any of this so it's like it's really impressive the way that he continues to go and continues to evolve and not get too caught up in his own I'm DJ drama because he's not like that. He's always championing the artist. He always is championing the ones around him. So it's just a staple in hip hop. And to hear him on a track like this gives it so much more, not credibility, but it makes me want to listen to it way more. It was a, a much faster play because I was like, oh, this is hosted by DJ drama. Like, all right, cool. Let me listen to this the second it comes out. So wrapping this up a little bit, uh, well, how do you wrap it up a little bit? Wrapping this up, what are your what are some of your favorite tracks on uh, Dreamville's D-Day Against the Grills mixtape? So the two RE songs, mm-hmm. I like Like Wine, I like Josie Flows. Starting Five is great. I know Obas just posted Starting Five in the story, which made me definitely like be like, all right, let me listen to this a couple more times. Because Obas, he finds every, every motivational song and figures out, like, exactly how it's supposed to hit your heart. And I'm like, I am guided by Obas. <laughs> <laughs> like, so starting five. And then I really like the two Cole songs. I think Freedom of Speech. Mm-hmm. I like to hear Cole snap like that. It reminds me a lot of his album, his most recent album. And not so much, like, the stuff that a lot of people labeled boring. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie and say, like, wasn't one of those people. Because for there was a stretch there where I was like, all right. Like when Cole goes, he really goes, and I still enjoy that. But the other stuff, and then Heaven's EP is over Pipe Down, which is off of uh, Certified Lover Boy, which is one of my favorite songs in that album. And then Cole kills it. I remember when that came out, and him and Drake had their moment where it was like an understanding between those two. And it's always cool to see the biggest artists interact, especially when Kendrick is not going to interact with anyone except Baby Keem at this point. Yeah. Except, except except for sending threats to other rappers that their shit is trash and they should probably get rid of the hard drives and start over. Probably probably the only way that Kendrick is going to interact with somebody. I mean, if you want to talk about Freddie Gibbs, we can talk about Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, uh, my favorite tracks are definitely Lifestyle um, by Boss featuring ASAP Ferg. I like Starting Five a lot. Luke, Kaz, and Omen are on that. Coming Down with Ari Lennox is probably my favorite track. Hair Salon with Cause featuring G Perico and Reason. G Perico's verse and then the hook on that too is crazy. Cause all three of them have really good verses. I feel like it's one of those things where if you um if someone were to ask which one has the best verse, there isn't a wrong answer there. Um, Barry from Simpson with JID featuring Two Chains and Young Nudie. I also really enjoyed that track a lot. I feel like I wanted Young Nudie to have a verse. He was just basically talking on it the whole time. But like Young Nudie, you can rap like. 
we're we're the bars, dude. Um, everybody ain't shit by Earth Gang, and lastly, Ballin' in Newport by Omen. Those are my one, two, three, seven favorite tracks off Dreamville's D Day Against the Grills mixtape. Um, Taylor, do you have anything else to say? Do you do you want to give your little oh Jason Tatum for MVP, Marcus for Defensive Player of the Year? Uh. I mean, I can if you want me to. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna turn down the opportunity. I think the Celtics. You could put their whole starting five, first team all defense, all of them. Just that's it. Yeah, you look at Tatum. Celtics put out these little posters for all the players a couple days ago, Mm -hmm. explaining why they need some defensive accolades. Everyone talks about Smart and Rob Williams. Tatum was first in defensive rating. Like he, like (laughs) if Rob Williams comes back healthy, which I want him to. There's no Mm -hmm. use. And bringing him back if he's not 100%, because there's no sense in ruining his career at 24 years old, especially when Jalen's 25 and Tatum's 24. There's have, no have use. so many more opportunities right. to get to the there is, It's not like a, the 80s, like where Kevin McHale had a broken foot and just played through it because whatever. Like that's just what you did in 1987. Now it's like, all right, if he comes back healthy, they'll be all right. If not, teams are going to attack them in the paint. And Horford and Tice are fine, but they're not Rob Williams. So, yeah. That's my take. They all des- deserve a lot of defensive recognition. If Smart wins defensive play of the year, that'd be amazing. Not just for the Celtics, not just for Smart, but for guards everywhere, for the short kings everywhere. Mm-hmm. Shout out j Shep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I'm just glad that um, people are finally getting out of their Rudy Gobert high and actually watching basketball and looking at people who play defense, not saying that Rudy Gobert doesn't, but there's so many other guards out there. No, he had his, he had his run. He had his run, but you look at, he had his run. It's just, Hey, time's up. Have fun with Danny Ains, Utah. Have fun. (laughs) Donovan's going to be a Nick in like two years. You could probably write that. You could probably carve that in stone. But that being said, that is Taylor McLeod. I am Nate Sproul. And this has been the cap episode three Oh three. Let us know in the comments what you thought about this new Dreamville mixtape, which is also another thing, too. It's been a while since someone who released music has said, nah, this is a mixtape. This is not an album. This is a mixtape. It's been a while since that's happened. I thought we, yeah, I thought I thought it kind of I mean, with anyway, that's a whole other thing about labels and artists battling labels and stuff like that. Look at the the Magna Stallion um, situation if you. Uh, need more information on that that the relationship between artists and uh, labels all i'm saying is if you're not on if you're not on that piff i don't want to hear it (laughs) um this has been the cap episode 303 um follow us on instagram and twitter at old milk media check out the old milk spins playlist on spotify all links will be in the description stay safe wash your hands wear your mask um And we will be back when hip hop tells us to be. Thank you for watching and listening.